Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey y'all, Jeremy Parsons here. Just wanted to personally thank y'all for tuning in and watching the Amato podcast. Today, welcome. We're going to talk to Jeremy Parsons. Uh, Jeremy was born in San Antonio, Texas, and he's talking to us today from Texas. Uh, he grew up soaking in the sounds of country music, driven by his passion. He taught himself to play the guitar. That, that's awesome. We'll talk about that. And began to write and perform regularly by high school. In 2011, he was awarded a Texas Music Award. And over the last decade, has played all over the U.S. and Europe, including numerous venues in Texas. So welcome, Jeremy. Thank you. That's, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you here. I tell you, I was, I was talking to him before we started recording, and uh, we're going to put out all the links up to YouTube and, and Spotify and all that. You guys got to check them out. Um, and when I say country music, some people don't like country music, but this is, it, it's, it transcends country music for me. So uh, I will put all those links up. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's there's so many genres and subgenres these days. It's kind of like if you like it, it's just whatever you want it to be. Type Absolutely. of <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I would not consider myself a country music fan, but I like it. And I, I've been I've been talking to a bunch of other people who are country artists and I like their music. So I guess I'm a country fan. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, that's the thing that brings you in, is that it's such a, there, there's so many people doing so many versions of it. Like, I, I, I call myself, like, just because I'm, I'm not always a big fan of, you know, what's going through the mainstream venues of, like, radio and stuff like that. But I, uh, I like, I usually refer to myself as, like, Americana or alternative country or, I mean, you can call yourself anything, singer-songwriter. That's it. <laughs> that's cool. How, how did you get involved in music? Uh, I kind of did when I was 17, I was in high school and I had given up on, on sports and I was just, I was just tired and looking for something new. And there was an old guitar just laying around my place. My parents, I guess, wanted me to play something when I was younger and the piano wasn't happening. So they're like, maybe, you know, he'll run around the house holding a guitar. Yeah. But, uh, so I never played when I was younger. And when I was 17, I finally picked it back up and, uh, I don't, it just, it just clicked. I don't know. I, I couldn't put it down. I ended up just, I, I learned so fast. Um, what I did was I picked the hardest chord. I, I picked an F chord, which is the one that everyone hates to play. And that's where I started. 
So I started with the F chord, and everything after that was so easy. But really? uh, yeah, for years I wrote in the key of F, and everyone was like, "That's so stupid." And I'm like, "I know, it just makes sense for me. I guess it's weird. I'm a so, weird guy." <laughs> so before that, you never played an instrument. Mm -mm. No, you, you didn't. You obviously didn't know how to read music. I still don't know how to read music. I, st I mean, I don't I'm still learning how to read in general, but. Uh, <laughs> so that, <laughs> that, but that's amazing. Like, so now I'll tell you, my, I, I, I played a saxophone. I played the alto saxophone. I was in the band. I was in the marching band. But I always wanted to, you know, play a guitar or a piano. And when I, I have a guitar, but, it, you know, it sits in the corner of the room, it just doesn't cross over for me. Yeah, I, and, it, and it didn't when I was younger, and I think it might have been because, you know, when you're a kid, it's like I was an outside, like I was outside all the time. Uh, I, I didn't want to sit down and anything, So, but, but it's like it was something about when we found each other when I was 17 in the future that it was like it, it had to be then, not before or after, maybe. Like it was like I think if, you, if you're going to pick it up, you're gonna know when it's when it's time you know you just it clicks you're like i i mean a lot of people are doing stuff with their time like that right now like everyone's quarantined they're like growing or like you know learning to paint learning to cook like you know now's probably not a bad time but how how about how about the singing part of it so not only did you teach yourself how to play the guitar and you and you can do it how did you put the singing and the guitar together so the singing was, I always enjoyed singing to the radio when I was a kid. Like I had a, I had a very good memory and I could hear a song like, you know, two or three times and know every word, like just be singing back with the radio. And I think singing was just always kind of something we did and I was allowed to do in the car. And my dad actually growing up, he said he was like, you know, you're lucky we weren't allowed to sing along to the radio in the car. <laughs> He's like my. He's like my father hated it, and I was like, I guess I was lucky because that's I enjoyed singing along to the radio, and I think when I started like the music started coming from beneath me on the guitar, it was just the second natural step, and then the third natural step in my mind, being from Texas and loving to go to all the live concerts, and especially at that time, the Texas country music scene was like ablaze and you know it was crossing over to Oklahoma and go, going into the Midwest and Nebraska and everything um they it, those guys wrote all their stuff so like you would get the album notes and read them and be like oh man they wrote they wrote all of this that's really cool and they produced it so it was like the third natural step was like creating my own uh thing and and that that I, I took to that just as quick as I did the other things and Never, I haven't stopped since. I love that. It's such an outlet for me. I don't know where I'd be or if I'd even be without that outlet. It's 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 perfect. I, I understand. Every hopefully everybody has some kind of outlet, whether it's uh, you know singing, playing an instrument, yeah. painting, um, talking to people. Yeah, uh, you would hope so. Yeah, especially <laughs> right now. So okay, so you learn to play the guitar on your own. You you, you learn to sing on your own, really. Um, how did you transition that into uh, like your profession? Uh, so I th I think it was it was good that I started when I did. Like seventeen to eighteen was a good age for me. I think I might have been eighteen when I actually took my music out of my bedroom 
which here we are right now. This is ground zero in here. Uh, the uh, when I took it out of here uh, into a open mic uh, at a place called Rolling Oak Sports Bar in San Antonio, Texas. This would have been. I'm 32 now, so this was man math at least 14 years ago uh i went out there and i played and and dad was like you know just have fun like you do when you're playing in your room he's like i hear you up there you you do fine and you have fun and i was so nervous and i got up there and the crowd was like you know just play one more song play one more song play one more song and i was like i didn't i don't have enough songs yet i just <laughs> So it was, a, it was it was nice. Like I literally had a mission. I was like, oh, they want to hear more songs. I have to write more songs now. So it wasn't even, it immediately became, it wasn't about me anymore. People were like, oh, we love what you do. We'd love to hear more songs. I was like, well, I got to do it now. I got no excuses. Yeah. And I, I love that. That's what it's always been about from then on. It's like, I want to write something that uh, I've written not that I haven't written before, but like that I know that people want to hear me say or write. You know, it's it's cool. Did you get over those nerves right away, or do you, do you still have them when you when you first get up there? I think there's a, I've run into a lot of people, and I think I've been foolish enough to say it a couple times too. Like yeah, it's like oh man, I don't get nervous anymore. That's nonsense. Like nerves are are such is such a broad term. Like what you're feeling doesn't always have to be bad, but we all get them. Like the butterflies or nerves, like whatever you want to call it. You're, you're, there's an excitement met with an anxiety. And they, they sometimes can make a perfect show because I've seen people excitement meet with this like ego and they go out and they do an okay job. It's because they weren't, they felt like nothing was on the line. Like I feel like every show you feel like something's on the line. It was like, I want to bring these people with me. Like, I don't want them to feel separate. I want us to all be, like, together in the same room, experiencing the same feelings. And I, that's that's what we try to do every time. And that's where the anxiety and the nerves, like, you want to do a good job, not for yourself. You want to do a good job for them. You want people to walk away and be like, that was a great show, man. I got, you know, like, same same thing with anything you create, like a movie or you know, uh, or like write a book. You want people to put it down and go like, man, I'd read a second one if you wrote it. <laughs> so this is a passion for you. I, I can see, I can see it's your passion. Yeah. It's, I, I, yeah, I don't like, it's, it's one of those things. I don't know people like, what would you do if you didn't do music? I was like, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to think about that. Like, it's a fair question, but it's, uh, you know, I have people tell me sometimes that I could be a comedian, but like, <laughs> it's just, it wouldn't be the same. Like it would be different. When did you realize that you you were good? Like you can, yes, I can do this uh, for money. For money. Oh, for money, man. Probably. So years later, I I moved to Na I lived in Nashville for ten years, and that was I learned so much from that town, and I I I, I still have family up there, and it'll always be like near and dear to my heart, but. When I first moved there, I was I didn't move there till I was 21 because it didn't make sense to me because I was like, I don't want to move to a town full of bars that I can't get into. Uh, that doesn't seem like a good networking plan. Uh, uh, so I moved up there when I was 21. And uh, uh, the first three months in, I was uh, I was backstage. I had met some people and they took me backstage at the Grand Ole Opry. And uh, I got to meet little Jimmy Dickens. And the same night, a bluegrass band called the Grascals 
I played one of my songs in their dressing room. They go, we want to cut that song. And I was like, I was like, I laughed. And they were like, yeah, why did you laugh? They, they got so offended. And I was like, were they serious? <laughs> and they go, yeah. And I was like, oh, dude, my bad. I was like, yeah, of course you can cut that song. And I was like, I thought you were just messing with me. Like you were messing with a young guy who came from Texas. He's all, you know, bright eyed and ignorant, but they cut the song. And that was a, so within the first uh, six months in town, a bluegrass band had cut my song, and that record got nominated for a Grammy. So I was, you know, a Grammy-nominated songwriter on a bluegrass record, and then everyone was asking when I was going to put out a record. So I made a record that October, and uh, it was it was all that. That was when I think I was like, man, I think I could actually do this because I, I moved to town like. A lot of people, when they first moved to town, you, you would see people leave after three months. You'd people see people leave after six, nine. Uh, and I gave myself eight. I gave myself eight months. And I was like, if something didn't happen in eight months, I guess I could just go back to Texas. Because, you know, it's it's there's so many places to play in Texas. Uh, so it's it was a good backup plan. You know, you can always go home is what you always hear people say. And that's, that's true and beautiful. Um... But yeah, that that for me was like, man, I I could do this. I think I, I you know I'll, I'll put in my time in Nashville, see what happens. I'm glad I did though. I grew so much as an artist and a person. So it was, what, it was awesome. What What was your plan after that first uh, album? Man, that's that's one thing about my life is that I think that's it's all it's ridiculous, and I need to fix this at some point. But like. I have literally, uh, my last single off my last record was called Making Things Up As I Go. That's my, that's always been my plan, man. I just like, you know, I, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, all right, where am I at today? Where do I want to be tomorrow? Like, <laughs> you know, type of thing. So I, I, the plan was to like, keep doing as many shows as I can. It's like, cause my, my career plan is do it till you die. You know, my, my grandpa always told my, my dad and my uncle when they were growing up, it's like, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Uh, my dad did what he loved. My grandpa did what he loved. My uncle did what he loved. And uh, I get to do what I love. So you don't have to be, you know, uh, you know, Blake Shelton or somebody that's that's, you know, on the radio and popular. You're, you're completely happy being happy. Yeah, I would love to be as cool as Blake Shelton, but I don't need to be as popular as Blake Shelton at all. He's he is so funny. He is so funny. <laughs> Your songs, when I'm when I'm you know either watching them or listening to them, they all have um, just just great stories. There's a great story in in them. Um, how how do you get inspired to to write those? Uh, I think it's just paying attention. I, I'm I'm really big fan of people. And just life in general, because it's, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it starts and finishes for us all. And the stuff that's in between is the, the really juicy stuff. And it's stuff that's comparable. It's so broad and it happens to us all, whether it's in the same way or different, like it happens. So it's like, and it, and it's, if you pay attention to folks, it's like, we're all going through similar stuff. Like right now, for example, everyone is affected. And that's, this is usually the way it is, whether it's all over the news or not. Like, everyone is always affected by something. So it's like, I like to, I like to look for those things and then write about it. And so, when it happens to you, it's always easier. Sometimes you have to look deeper, and sometimes it's like smacking you in the face. But, 
uh, I, I, I'll just, I, I think I have a, a really good perception uh, as far as other people. And I've, I've, it's always been important to focus outside of myself. Uh, I had a lot of people in my life that have um, been selfish and I haven't really been a fan of it. So it was always, uh, wait, I mean, that's a double-edged sword too, because sometimes you don't pay enough attention to yourself. But at the same time, I can't I can't trade it for all the stuff that I've been able to write from being that way. And, you know, you have people in your life that inspire you in good ways and inspire you in bad ways. But you always take something from it. That was my joke in Nashville when I when I would run into business people who uh, just they seemed like they knew what they were doing, but they never did. It was like, you know, I learned more of what not to do from those people than I did what to actually do, which are golden lessons, no matter how annoying they are at the time. Everybody thinks they're they're smart. I, well, I had the same issues in our business. There's there's a, a million business coaches, and everybody oh, thinks God. they know better. And uh, I've learned the same lesson that uh, you know best yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no one knows you better than you. And it's it, you know, arrogance. An arrogant tone is never a good pitch. Like that's one of those things you walk in and you like. I had this one guy say he was like, "Hey, if you want to work with me, just Google me." And I go, I was like, not only am I not going to Google with you, I'm I'm never going to work with you. Like, and I'm going to make sure that that message gets around. Because I was like, that's disgusting, man. That was like, that was like stepping in a fresh pile of dog poop, shoeless, barefoot, no socks. Like, that's what that felt like to my soul. <laughs> it, is, the, is the music business what, you know, an outsider like me kind of, thinks it is where you have these um i hate to say sleazy but you have sleazy business people trying to take advantage of of artists oh yeah it's a uh, sleazy is a perfect word there's so there's so many worse words you could use uh the uh it it, it is i mean everyone um they, they find ways and that's this goes back to people thinking they're smart it's like they find ways that they're like, oh, I can manipulate this system to make money. I was like, there's thousands of people coming to Nashville like all the time. And a lot of those people are young and they're green and they're they're just ignorant to the industry and they don't know how it works. And some guy walks up wearing a suit with like a a cigar and he's got like a little bit of swagger and he's able like he knows how to manipulate people and say the right words and touch on all the right nerves. That opens up a lot of wallets and a lot of people uh come to town with like this this a lot of money and they don't leave with a lot you know it's mm. it's they'll take it though i mean there's there's people around every corner who do that in every industry and this is the entertainment industry um i've been lucky enough to uh to have good people around me and always uh the the situations that i have gotten in i've gotten out like fairly unscathed and you know uh the the little bit that was uh a little bit stingy uh I, I learned from it so it's it's kind of it's a necessary part of things I, i'm one of the lucky ones so i would say but it it, it happens so many times a day in, in la new york nashville you know you name it wherever they're wherever they're based out of the labels and yeah it's a, it's a disgusting industry that's why it's like it's kind of you feel bad for people who get in this industry and they're like yeah, I think uh, I I want to do this because I want to be famous. And I was like, that is a 
that is a word that someone invented, man. You, you could be famous to yourself. Like it, it, it's a feeling that that people make you feel. I was like, if you're happy doing it, man, you can't you can't put a price on that. Just be happy doing it. Like, cause it's it, it's not it's not a uh, only crazy people decide to do this. And crazy doesn't necessarily mean a but it's not bad. Like some of my best friends are crazy people. <laughs> but it's uh it's just like well because they're creators it's a different mindset you don't think like everyone like we can't function in regular society like some people do it's like stuff just doesn't make sense to us and that's the way it is but like you uh there's not a this isn't a rational thing to do like it almost doesn't make sense if you think about it i was like wait a minute you want me to get on stage you're gonna pay me to get on stage so I can do what I love for a room full of people who want to hear it. And then also they're going to buy my merch after the show. Like it doesn't, it's, it's, it, it's weird. Like it's, it's weird and it's always feels good, but like at the same time, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense to a lot of people who might be like sitting in a cubicle all day. They're like, well, I don't understand. And I was like, me either, man, but it's so much fun. You should try it sometime. <laughs> I'll just go with it. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who who were your role models growing up in the music business? Man, I always loved being out of San Antonio. I always loved a lot of the Texas guys down here, like Pat Green and George Strait, and uh, Randy Rogers is another one. But uh, like the older cats too, like uh, Lyle Lovett and um, John Prine, who just recently passed passed away. He was a big inspiration for me. A lot of the newer guys in Americana, like uh, J Jason Isbell, is probably one of my favorites as far as being a writer and inspiring goes. Um, I've always loved, uh, Hank Williams Sr. was a really big influence for me, too. My dad listened to a lot of really classic country, and uh, he was someone that immediately jumped out at me. I was like, dude, this guy, he dropped out of like the fifth grade, too. You're like, man, what a poet. Like, if there was ever proof that someone didn't need school, like <laughs> it was, he was so good. I, I, I've always liked people who structured songs. It's not complicated. It's not, they didn't have to do like an intricate chord structure. Like the words were just as important as the feel of the melody that they're playing behind them. Like it almost just came together so naturally, like, you wouldn't even try to separate it as two parts because it was just the same package. I always, I always loved that. And it, when, when someone was a natural at it, you could tell. Like Guy Clark is another great example. That dude wasn't the best singer. John Prine too, but like everything together, whether it was just their voice and the guitar, like it, it just, it meshed so, so wonderfully. Kit, do you, if you look outside of your industry, it's country music, and you see. Um other artists it's all digital and there's no instruments can you can you still appreciate that oh yeah i i love all kinds of music because that's a lot of work that someone has put into a track like when you hear a track like that you're looking at like because i i've where i've written on pop songs i've written on rap songs i've helped people like structure r&b tracks like i've worked i've worked on everything because you could just learn so much from it uh and I and I love it. Like good music is good music, man. There's no genre on on like something that's good. There's opinions, of course, but uh, 
there's no there's no there's no walls if something is good and it, it's it's come from that spot like it moves you like it and you, you can't deny that like i mean you can try but like you're not doing yourself any favors mm-hmm. but uh, oh yeah I, I love stuff like that like i have a lot of friends who are producers that'll send me stuff they're working on uh and i i love it like for example my buddy he was someone reached out to him the other day and was like, Hey, can you make me a ridiculous rap beat? And he had just bought this, uh, this fart package of like its beats. It's like different sounds of farts. So he made a rap beat with just laced with all these fart sounds (laughs) in it. And it is intoxicatingly hilarious. Like you can, you, I listened to it five times. I was like, I can't not listen to this. And there was just parts where you'd be like, you'd get used to it, and then he would do something like this drop at, and it would just be this long one. You just like, it's stuff like that, man. It's it that's art. It's what's it's art. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you're not as old as me, and I'm not that old, but I remember, you know, going, you know, rocking down the block right here, and there was a record store, and every I think it was every Tuesday morning, the new. 12 inch singles would come out and um yeah. records and he'd put them on the record player for you so you could hear him before you buy it so now it's spotify and youtube and all that could can you explain to me how has that hurt the music business or you directly and how if we can get the music for free online how do you guys get paid well it, it cuts into it but like like i said like if you're if you're getting it, like everything is constantly evolving and changing and growing in a different direction. I, I, I've had some mainstream success and I, I do a lot of stuff indie though. And my outlook on it is like that, the, the way that they opened up the digital platform, sure. It hurt the sales of the guys who were going out and spending too much money on cars and houses or girlfriends. They couldn't afford. I'm, I'm sorry that you can't have as big a pool as you used to have. Uh, but it's for the indie artist, it, it puts me in the ears of people like all across the world. Like it, it, I, I couldn't do that on my own. I don't have, you know, an endless USPS account that I can constantly ship like, you know, stuff to Istanbul or Norway or stuff. And I've gotten to go to Norway and play because of stuff like that. Like it's, it's awesome. Like I, I, uh. I mean, it, it's infinite. Like, you never know who's going to hear you or who's going to be able to find it because of that. Like, I, I still love, I will go buy a physical copy if I'm a fan of a person or the producer who did the record. Like, I, I, I still invest in that because I want to, I want all the, the stuff. I don't want to have to go to Wikipedia. I want to read it off the CD booklet. <laughs> um, I want to see where they recorded it. Like, you know, who played like bass or drums on it. If I know the, you know, the, the mix engineer and stuff like that, that's always fun. Uh, but, but it, it's just different. I mean, and vinyl has kind of come back, which is cool. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I always love the, the sound of vinyl. I do miss the days that you speak of cause, uh, to be creating in that era, would have been nice but i think i would have i would have felt probably just as spoiled as they do about it because uh, when i came in we were always everyone was switching over to like myspace and everything and like 
everything had already started transferring that direction. And I, uh, I sold a lot of physical CDs uh, before that, which is nice. But, I mean, you can still do that if you play shows. People want to walk away from something with something from a show other than the memory. They want that physical thing, whether it's a koozie, a shirt, or a CD, or a vinyl, uh, which people will buy all that stuff. Like, you can, you can make money. There's people that sell vinyl pieces for, like, $35 at their shows. I'm like, oh, that's, wow. that's a hefty price, like, to put down on... You know, something where you already, like, bought tickets and, you know, probably got food and however many drinks, you know. Uh, so there's still ways out there. It's just, it, it's 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 cut down and, you know, there's always a, a, a bad side and a good side. Like, I I, I think that the, uh, the digital stuff, I mean, we get, you know, like a fraction of a penny every time someone listens to a song, which is fine, but they're listening to the song and they're going to tell someone else about it, you know, so that penny can turn into a dime, you know, that dime turns into a quarter, so on and so forth. Like, but it's almost like, you know, the messages that you get from people like, hey, man, I just went through a divorce and burned this house down, you know, really syncs up with me. I was like, you can't put a price on stuff like that, man. So it's just like it, you know, I, I get that artists have to support themselves like I'm an artist who has to support himself as well. But there's also a good side, you know, we, we're, we're helping people and that's what the music. Most people who create music, you create you start creating music because you felt that it did that same thing for you. And it's your way of kind of giving it back. But you also enjoy it and you want people you you want to do the same thing for people that music did for you by creating your music. So it's, you know, as an artist, like, yeah, what would I complain about, you know, that penny being, you know, more pennies? It, probably not, but at the same time, like, it is what it is and the music's getting out there, so. Awesome, that's a good uh, way to look at it. I mean, well, it's, it's just, it's realistic. I, I feel like it is what it is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I i meant that you um so music brings a lot of emotion it puts you back in a, in a spot in a time that you were there it could be good it could be bad um it could help you get through things like you just said with the gentleman with the divorce um yeah. so yeah looking at it on your end i'm sure that's a great feeling and you, you oh. can look back on it oh it is it, it means it means everything like uh like, cause it's, it, sometimes you get like, if you're playing a lot of shows, like when I was in Nashville, I played downtown and it was, it just like, it got, it really ate at me. It was like cover songs that I didn't always want to play and like rowdy crowds that I wasn't like necessarily into, but loved making sure that they still had a good time. But it, it just wears on you after a little bit. And every now and then there would be these moments where I would just be like, man, I, I need to quit doing this. And someone would walk up to the stage and be like, Hey man, when I walked in here, I was in a bad mood, but you saved my entire day. And I was like, all right, well, I know I'm here for a reason. You know, it's just like, all right, get over yourself, Jeremy, get your head back in the game. It's not about you, dude. Uh, so that's that. There's always been like little echoes when I forget that come and find me, which is always nice. It makes me feel like I am for sure in the right spot at the right time and stuff. Awesome. Um, burn this house down. You brought it up and, uh, when I first pulled it up, it's, I mean, it's awesome. It's an awesome song. Uh, I love it. The video is also great. 
could you tell me what goes into that? So you've already written the song. How how do you how do you create that video? And what's your what's your um, your inspiration there? Man, that's that's always the fun part. But the guy who worked on that video and worked on uh, he's worked on all the videos actually. He's uh, he does all my he did the album cover. He's my best friend, PJ Shankle of Three Hat Media. Uh, absolute absolute boss. Uh, he's uh, we we basically just he and I get together and we storyboard it. Like "Burn This House Down" is is a song that's a great example of a pretty easy video to make. It's pretty much storyboarded verse to verse to chorus to verse to chorus to verse, and then bridge. Like you have the story of what happens within that song. So we just have to find a setting, make sure the lighting goes with like the tone of the song, and uh, we just play the story out. Uh, and that stuff like that is easy. Like, why is the bluebird blue and making things up as I go? It's why is the bluebird blue was a little bit more somber. So, so, so you, we, uh, and we did that all by ourselves too. He's a, he's a genius. He's one of those all around artist people. And I, I love creating with him. He's so easy to like, if you have an idea, he's not going to shoot it down. But if it's not a good idea, he's also going to tell you that it's not a good idea and and or try to figure out how to make it a better idea that would fit. So it's very like cohesive and all of those videos flow so well. It's because it was usually just he and I doing it. And uh, we would like look at angles and he would direct me because I, I hate acting. I hate acting so much. It's It's such a different like it's like it's just like being in front of people. I was like, yeah, if all the people were in like a tiny little box and just staring at you, it's weird. <laughs> I was like, it's so different. Uh, but it's uh, but he he always coaches me through it. And honestly, he's a better actor than I am. There's a scene and the scene where I'm fighting with my girlfriend and burn this house down. Uh, he came and showed me how to act that out and did it a million times better than I am. I was like, can you just wear a mask with my face on it or something? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, uh, yeah, we, we just, we get together, we, we listen to the song, we get together, we brainstorm and w when something makes the most sense, we're able to then transfer into like renting equipment and, you know, hiring some people if we need them. Um, but yeah, it's 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 always been such a fun process. It's I, I love that, I, I, just as a subsidiary like creative outlet for the for the music itself because it applies to the music itself. Obviously, it's uh, it's so fun for me to be a part of it. What is that feeling when you when you complete the video and he he shows you the finished piece for you? It's usually like kind of. It's cool because it's you. You know what you're expecting because you've seen it in your head already, kind of. But it, it, he always just does such a good job at like he's so good at finding the rhythm of a track and making sure all the scenes transfer with that. Or he'll pull like a cool effect, and you're just always like, it makes your brain like shoot out a little bit. You're like, oh wow, that's like cooler than I could have imagined type of deal. While also working through in your own head how much you might hate yourself like hate seeing yourself acting on screens <laughs> so it's it's an array of emotions <laughs> <laughs> well how about how about when a song comes on the radio that you, you finished it's got to be a great feeling because you're creative you can finally um have a finish line to something you've been working on for a long time 
Yeah, that is that is awesome. That is uh, that's always one of those things. It's that there, there's so many fun parts about being uh, the creator that it, it's it's you when you when you have the idea that is is such you get so excited when you finish a song. You are another tier of excited when you get to bring that song to life in the studio. Like it's it's like the dream is coming true all over again. And then when you get to release that song to a world and people start resonating with it, that's like uncomparably awesome. And then and then everything that comes with that is just like a fan of like all these different emotions. And you're like, oh, my goodness, this is. This is too good to be true, but it's it's almost like every time, because uh, there's a lot of I think there's a lot of insecurity. Like you never, you might like something, but like you know I'm not you, you're not me. Like I don't want to assume that you're going to like something. And but I think if if you love what you created, then other people can then fall in love with it too, because that that comes out, it comes across. Does it does it bother you? Um, I know sometimes when I put things out, I mean, you get all kinds of different opinions. Everybody has one. Yeah. Does it do, do the negative opinions cut deep? I don't know. I mean, I think it depends on like the mood. You know, if I haven't had my coffee or breakfast or something like that, like it could probably hit me harder. And I, you know, my dad might have to listen to like a forty minute rant on the phone, and then I'll get to the other end of it and be like, "All right, I get it now." I'm I'm cool. I'm the steam has left my body. Uh, but sometimes it's just like like I, I change sounds in between my first record and the the things I need to say record. And there's a lot of people that uh, were very traditional and very disappointed. They were like, he kind of sounds like every other country artist now. And I was like, that's the first time anyone has ever told me that I sounded like anybody. <laughs> so I was like, it was kind of like, thank you, I guess. that may, well, If it fits in that well, maybe it'll get more plays. Uh, but there's always something I try to look for in that and be like, because why is the Bluebird Blue is a great example of a track that is kind of classic sounding. Uh, it's got an old school, you know, swing-ish, but like traditional country, like Hank Williams Sr. type of vibe. And it was like, there was a comment on one of my YouTube videos, and I said, it was like, oh, man, well, if you don't like this track, you're going to love track 13. You know, it's like, I'm not going to lash back at you. I'm not, I'm not here to do that. That's not in my nature. I'm a passive dude. I create because I love creating. And, I, you know, there's people that have liked it and want to keep listening. So it's I, I'm going to keep creating until they don't want to hear it anymore. But I was like, there's there's always something you can do that's, Either you don't say anything or you give them something that they want in return. Uh, and in in return of that comment, the guy actually was like, oh, I actually really like this track. And I think he's opened up to more tracks on that record since because I reached out to him as an individual, not as an artist defending his art. I was like, I, I feel like my art doesn't need to, I don't need to defend my art because my, my art can defend itself in a way. Like it's, it was created for a sole purpose of like, you know, I felt that it needed to be created and, you know, and made the record because other people like the studio musicians resonated with it, too, because that's always been important to me. Like I bring a bunch of songs into a studio and I we pick out the stuff that we want to play. Uh, that's what I always loved about listening to a Tom Petty record. Like it was like 
there was no specific genre on a Tom Petty record. One song would be folk, one would be rock, one would be like kind of psychedelic. And you're like, okay, this is cool. It's like his greatest hits for that time. But it's all this like one big long message of like, you know, love yourself, love somebody else, you know, love everybody if you can. Or it, He always had something to say about like, and it, it was so, it was so conversational too. Like, it was so simple. None of that is, like, complex. Like, he's, like, one of his songs, I think it was The Waiting. That's always my favorite one. I was, like, what a, what, what a dude. Like, he said, the waiting is the hardest part. That's just, like, a sentence. That That's the hook. I'm, like, that is so true, though. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're we're all stuck in our rooms right now. I'm stuck here. You're stuck there. Um, how have you maintained contact with uh, people who want to hear your music? The the Facebook lives and, and the live shows honestly have been have been the best outlet. And I, I I've never really done that because like the the human like you know I would rather have this conversation in person. We high five when it's over type deal. That's my style. Like I'm a hugger, you know. So it's like uh, it's been kind of a weird thing to adjust to. Uh, it's kind of like the camera thing when filming the music videos. It's like. I have to assume that y'all are all in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, so it, it's it's been nice. It's been, I think, mentally healthy to like, and, and people like, you never, it's like you don't want to bother people because there's so many people doing Facebook Lives right now. Um, like I, there, I know folks that are doing them like once a day and I'm like, dude, props to you, but like you should give yourself and everyone else a break, like break it up a little bit. Uh, so I've been just trying to do them like at least once a week, like maybe, maybe wait a little bit longer sometimes just cause it's, I, I just don't want to make people feel like they have to be so many places at once. Cause you know, if anything, we have time off right now. And I, I think that in some form or fashion, we should all try to enjoy it. Cause I, I'm one of those people, like I, my joke to my friends is they've been, we've, we've all been staying in touch and checking in on each other. Like everyone should be, but the uh they've been like how you been doing man i was like dude this is the first time in 32 years i've been able to relax <laughs> i was like i'm not a person who can relax but it takes a pandemic sometimes i guess you know <laughs> <laughs> well i i enjoy the live performances i, I don't know I, there's something about being you know you're in a sweatshirt and you're in you're in your room and it's not this big production i like the raw um sound of it Oh yeah, yeah, me too. And it, and it's been fun to kind of like uh mess with the like I I have a whole live system that I travel with. So I've been trying to like set my mic up and give them the experience like if you were there like at a show. Like it, I have all my gear and it's just like but I'm in my room. So it's it's the uh it's the comfy version of a live show, really. Cool. <laughs> what is your plan once all this once all this breaks? I, uh, well, I was, I've been down in Texas just playing shows from, uh, December to whenever this all kicked off. I think my last show was right before St. Patty's Day, but, uh, all, all the bookings have been canceled, of course, for April. And then I guess we'll see what happens in May. It looks like May is probably going to go down the drain as well. Uh, but once this kicks off, I'm, uh, I plan to get back out on the road as quickly as possible because I miss it so much. Uh, I miss people in general, man. It's like I, it's it's almost like something that I need just as much as like three square meals a day and water. 
is human interaction on a level of like, hey, man, it's, you know, I don't know, the conversation and the element of being, you know, out there in the world and stuff. I just, I know everyone misses it, but it's it's important to me to get back out there and get some actual FaceTime with people as far as live shows and stuff go. Uh, but I'm also going to start putting out a record this year, my third record. It's called uh, Things to Come. I finished it up uh, when I was in Nashville end of last year and uh, brought it back with me. And I'm going to start releasing. I'm probably going to do four or five singles out of the gate. And the fourth or fifth single will be uh, released when the pre-order drops. And hopefully that'll be sometime this next, uh, sometime later this year. And then uh, we'll put out the record beginning of uh, 2021. Awesome. So... Yeah, it's uh, 10 tracks. It's a full-length record. Um, just pretty much my my favorite songs of, of, of this chapter of my life. So it's, uh, I had the joke, the last record was called Things I Need to Say, and this one's going to be Things to Come, and I guess the one after this would be Things I Didn't Thing or something like that or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just keep the thing thing going. <laughs> so, Jared, where can we find you? Where can we find you online? Uh, we'll, best, we'll throw we'll throw all your links up as well. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Yeah, uh, best place to go probably what one quick stop would be JeremyParsonsMusic.com. Uh, it's got uh, links to Spotify and and Instagram and everything, and I I try to keep it updated as much as I can as far as uh, well no the shows uh, thing is pretty blank right now, but we'll fix that later. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Uh, but I post all the. Uh, just all the stuff on my main page. Like, you know, if, if I'm doing a Facebook live, it'll be up there with a link to my Facebook and everything. So. Cool. Well, we'll share everything for you. If you come up to the Northeast, I'd love to come out and see you. Um, yeah, I'd love to. There's a lot of people that actually have been reaching out to me about that. After this, we might just have to make it happen just cause it's going to, we're going to need to be, just be doing as much shows as we possibly can. Just get, get, get all over the place. Because you never well, know when this is going to resurge, so we just got to get it in while we can. <laughs> do it. Exactly. Hopefully, it'll be one big party once we can get out of the house. Oh, God, I hope so. But Jeremy, I, I appreciate it. It's been great talking to you. I could keep going for the next hour or so. Yeah, this has been easy. I don't even know how long it's been. <laughs> Almost 45 I, minutes. I don't even know what day it is, though. Let's be real. <laughs> I'm the same way. I think it's Wait. Wednesday. It is. It. I think you're right. I, you're absolutely right. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. This was a blast. You got it. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, sir. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, welcome to the Next Wave Podcast. Consider us your chief AI officer in your business. My name is Matt Wolf. I have the number one YouTube channel in the AI space. I also run futuretools.com and I'm joined by my co-host, Nathan Lands, founder of lore.com. We want to bring you the latest AI news and trends, show you how you can use AI in your business and personal life and help make it super easy for you to understand and execute. We're going to equip you with the knowledge to thrive in this upcoming wave of change. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you're looking for social media content for your contracting business, painting contractors, carpenters, electricians, any type of contractor, please check us out on Instagram at Amato Media or check us out on LinkedIn. We can definitely help you all out. So have a great day.